the first part of our framework is de-schooling. Yeah. So I think de-schooling is really important for all of us. Like for me, it took me years of trying to replicate a school environment and schedule at home. Mm. And then I realized like, this just isn't working. This is horrible. I hate this. And I realized like, why am I trying to replicate school in my home environment when that's the whole point of homeschooling? And I realized it's just because that's what I knew. Like, that's what I knew from private school. And I was always told like, you have to do this. You have to do your work. You have to get all A's. You have to go to college. Right. Get a degree. Yeah. And so to me, like the de-schooling process of kind of unpacking all of your old beliefs and thinking to yourself, why do I believe what I believe about education? Why do I feel like you have to sit at a desk? Why do I right. feel like it has to be loads of worksheets? Like, where does that kind of like figuring out where does that stem from? Welcome to the Schoolhouse Life Podcast, where we believe that life is a schoolhouse. Totally. We're super dorks with a passion for sharing our love of homeschooling, homesteading, natural health care, plant medicines, natural childbirth, healthy eating, meditation, creative endeavors, overall self-sufficiency for the whole family. Oh, and don't forget self-development and spirituality. Oh, of course. Key players. We hope you'll be inspired to do things you haven't, try things that could make your life better. And mostly, we want to encourage you to never stop learning and let your life be a schoolhouse, too. Hey friends, it's me, Lacey, again. I am really thrilled to be here with Serena Ryan, who actually participated in our homeschool open house recently, and she will be sharing her wisdom and expertise for all of those rising homeschoolers that are out there. Even if you're not homeschooling, I think you're going to pick up some really great tips about just being a continuing learner and, you know, continuing your life as a schoolhouse kind of journey. But we really hope to um, just impart even more confidence um, give you some more inspiration and perhaps some ideas and guidance when it comes to your homeschool journey. Serena, I'm really excited to have you here. I You run the Confident Homeschooler, which obviously is, I just love that. Confidence is one of the main things that I want to help people build in every aspect of their lives. But when it comes to schooling and learning, I feel like it's so imperative that we learn to have kind of confidence about our ability to learn and then our ability to help our kids learn, right? Before we hear more about that, though, I want to get kind of back to basics. How did you get started with your own education? What did it look like for you growing up and, you know, even through college? What, what is your educational experience? Yeah, that's a great question. Hi, everyone. Yeah, I was actually, I'm an only child and I was raised mainly by my grandparents and they sent me to Catholic school. So I was in Catholic school pretty much all the way, small, like 60 kids in my entire class moving up. And then in high school, I went to an all-girl Catholic high school, uh, which I absolutely loved. That was my jam. I was class president and <laughs> I had such a good experience there. And then I went on to University of Delaware and got my bachelor's in nursing. And I worked as a nurse for many years until deciding to leave that all together. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So you had a really good, basically private school education, right? Yes. Yeah. So then yeah. how in the world did you go from that to deciding to homeschool your own children and actually take a step back? How many kids do you have and what are their ages? Sure. Sure. Okay. I have two boys, Alexander and Theodore, but we call them Xander and Teddy. Mm-hmm. And one's in third grade. He's eight and a half. And then the other's in first. He's six. And how we got there is I met my husband because <laughs> I tell you if it weren't for him, I never in a million years would be sitting here right now. Uh, but yeah, when I met him, I knew he was homeschooled for a few years of his education, which I thought was like really crazy because I right. never in my life met a homeschooled person. And so he was kind of the one like, yeah, you know, I think we sh- should look into homeschooling the kids and 
I poo pooed it. I'm like, no, I work full time. Like I have to move up in the ranks. I'll probably get my master's. I'll be a nurse practitioner, you know? Yeah. I'll just keep going the route that I'm on. And then we had our first child and really it was my experience as a visiting nurse going into people's homes where I went into someone's home that had homeschooled children. And I was just super impressed by how mature they were, how they like engaged in conversation with me my entire visit and sat at the table and they were, you know, playing violin and there was art on an easel. And it was just like this beautiful childhood that I for sure did not experience. Mm. And I was kind of like, I asked these kids, they've so impressed me. And I'm like, where do you guys go to school? Thinking I'm sending my kids there. <laughs> and yeah, and they said, oh, we're homeschooled. And I was just completely floored. And I think that was the start of me starting to do a lot of research. So like for two years, probably I read all the books, I did all the things. And then I finally, you know, made, I mean, it was the scariest decision is to not enroll my five-year-old into kindergarten because the way it is in Delaware with school choice and stuff in November, you have to sign them up for the following school year. Oh, wow. And it's very competitive. Like if you want your kid in one of the better districts, you have to choice them in. And there's no, there's like a lottery system for a lot of the schools. Oh, it's insane. Mm -hmm. So all my friends who had kids the same time as me are like, Serena, what are you doing? What are you going to put as your choices? And it was terrifying because I'm, I'm sitting here saying, well, I think we're going to homeschool. And literally none of my friends, <laughs> that was not on anyone's radar, still, I mean, still isn't. So it was definitely stressful because I was the only person of our friend group that was doing this pretty radical thing at the time. And so that's kind of where it started. Like I just didn't enroll him. And I knew at that point, like, well, I missed the, you know, I didn't enroll him the first day. So I better just, we didn't live in a good district at the time. So I didn't want him to go to the schools of where we lived, unfortunately. Right. right. So that, that kind of helped. And then I found a local co-op, which was actually classical conversations. Mm -hmm. And started that when he was just three, which is kind of crazy looking back. Um, <laughs> that, that is was, crazy. So yeah. okay, let's just to define, let's talk about classical conversations because I have lots of friends who love class, classical conversations. Can you give a brief description of what that even is? Sure, sure. And I honestly, I do love it too. I was a director myself for a few years wow. of, of our community of over 25 families. We had like a hundred people in our full community, wow. but yeah. it was, and it's, it's awesome. So classical conversations, it's a co-op, but it's not a co-op. I mean, it is, it is um, a huge organization based out of North Carolina, actually. And there's communities all over the country and Canada and other, I think it was like 15 or 17 other countries. Wow. And it's based on the classical model of education and kids can start as early as four. And then it goes all the way through high school and once you're in the older grades, there's a lot more structure. Um, but when you're younger, it's a lot of like memory work, which is part of the classical model. Mm -hmm. You know, you teach them Latin, the timeline, geography, history, science. Right. And so every Tuesday for us, it was Tuesday, we'd go. And it's 24 weeks of school year. And they would do, you know, their science experiments, their art, uh, learn how to play tin whistle, learn all their memory work for the week, make friends, do all the fun things. Mm -hmm. And so for us, that was a wonderful introduction because I joined that community not knowing anybody and it was mm -hmm. super scary. But when I met the other homeschool parents, that was really when I felt like, oh, you know, these people are pretty cool. Like they seem to have it down. It seems way less intimidating than I thought. And that was a good introduction for me. And so that's basically classical conversations 
in a nutshell. Yeah, good description for sure. I think people love it. It has, you know, the curriculum is kind of determined. And so you kind of just implement yes. it as the team, right? A good point. Yes. They, Classical Conversations has created the, they've been around 20 years now. They have the curriculum and the memory work. So it takes all the guessing out of it. Like they tell you what to do each week of each cycle because mm-hmm. there's three cycles in, a lot of times in classical based on history so for this year, we're in cycle three, which is U.S., like modern history. And and yeah, the next cycle will be cycle one. And we'll start back at the beginning of time and like ancient history, Egyptians and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's neat, too, because there's lots of little there's lots of resources to tap into and songs to learn to, to remember things. Yes. By, and it can be a really fun experience, I think. So is that what you're still doing with your boys? So where we live, there's co-ops aren't really meeting because of the pandemic this sure. fall. So I'm, this will be my first year trying to do it rogue by myself. <laughs> rogue. <laughs> so I'm a little nervous about that because we've been in a community, this is our fifth or sixth year. Gosh, I can't even remember, but it's been a while. And so this is our first year without a community. And, but I'm trying to stick with it loosely, like the history, science, geography, for sure. Mm-hmm. The other parts, I don't know if I'm going to work on the other strands, but definitely those strands. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So with classical, it was sort of like the classical conversations group just showed up and you were like, oh, this looks like something that I want to take advantage of. Exactly. I found it online, maybe in like a homeschool Facebook group or no, you know what it was? It was a blogger Mm -hmm. who was into CC. And I I was like, what's this classical conversations? And I searched it Mm -hmm. and I saw on their website, they, you could search for local community. And I was for sure there wouldn't be one in Delaware because there's really not many homeschoolers here. We have like 2000 homeschooling families in the whole state. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And so I I was for sure we wouldn't have one. And when I saw that like a mile and a half down the road was the only, it was the only community at the time in Delaware. I was like, this is a sign from God. So I, (laughs) I went to like an info meeting. They host these info meetings and met the woman Maria at the time who was running it. And even though Xander, my oldest son, wasn't the age you you're not really supposed to accept people till they're four, but she accepted him at like three and a half and we joined and yeah, that's kind of how I found it. Cause I didn't know how to find co-ops at the time. Now I know, but at the time that was the only, isn't it interesting? I think, you know, as an experienced homeschooler, you know, you can, you can know, oh, well, I can just look for that resource and I know where to look for it. But when you're first starting out, you don't know where to look and it can feel even just finding where to look can be overwhelming. And then you find so much now, so many resources that just wading through all of that. Oh, it can just be really, really heavy. So yeah, I love hearing from a classical conversations. We've talked to several other who are more in Waldorf, which is a lot. They're, you know, they're similar and they have like these cycles, but they're very different kind of the approaches that they have. But one may appeal to uh, one family over the other. And I've seen that a lot with the homeschool family community that I know. Um, Some love classical and um, are very, very loyal to it and will probably keep through all the way through high school. So um, yeah. And I think too, like I have friends that are really into Charlotte Mason, Waldorf. And for mm-hmm. me, I've always worked since I've homeschooled, whether it was as a nurse or like our own business. And so <laughs> for me, classical is very low key right? for, for our lifestyle. So to yeah. me, Waldorf, I, lo- I love all the, you right, know, beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, it's so beautiful. But then I start to get overwhelmed and caught up in a lot of the stuff that you can add and implement. And so 
for me, classical is like no BS really, you know, like it's, you have your memory work, you can expand on it if you want, you have them memorize it, you move on. And so I think, and then as they get older, it's way more, in, it does get really intense as they get older, but I kind of love that the classical model builds upon itself so that when they're in those older grades, it kind of all brings it together what they've been memorizing for all these years. Yeah. And then they can like with Veritas Press or Classical Conversations or one of these classical things, they can meet together and really have logic and debates. And Right. Yeah, I think that that actually is probably the most important piece of it because we've, we've been able to find a good Charlotte Mason community. I think the piece is the community, finding a group that's going to support and cross-pollinate because we aren't intended to be isolated and to like raise our kids alone. We're supposed to have help. Right. right? And so I think that that is what classical conversations just does this like magical job with is of having it set up so that parents feel like, okay, we can do this. Let's just all use this together. And that's a really beautiful thing. I think that yeah. some of those other methods don't have that infrastructure yet. Maybe in the future they will, but yeah. classical is a good option for that for sure. I love yeah. that. And I, I do love like Charlotte Mason. We love the living books. There are, so many beautiful aspects of the different methods I just that's why I say we're eclectic because yeah. we're definitely not just classical we're just kind of like a little hodgepodge of everything and it's funny how this this kind of time period has given us I think even homeschoolers the time to take a step back and be like what are we doing why are we doing it and you know for a minute we have a chance to do something a little different and see how that feels and and I think that that's kind of nice honestly even for us yeah. and, I don't like being flipped on my head. I liked what we had going, but we are kind of exploring some different things and it's kind of good, right? Yep. Okay, so give me maybe your best advice for somebody who's just starting out as a, as a new homeschooler. What would you say to help them feel like they're going to be successful and not to worry so much? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so much to say. I, I think you made a really valid point in community. And I think for me, like we, I preach this with the confident homeschoolers that finding that community, your tribe or whatever you want to call it of other home, like-minded homeschooling parents is really that kind of, to me is like the backbone. I mean, once you do that, uh, you just have resources and support and encouragement. So that's a big one. Also like the first part of our framework is de-schooling. Yeah. So I think de-schooling is really important. For all of us, like for me, it took me years of trying to replicate a school environment and schedule at home. Mm. And then I realized like, this just isn't working. This is horrible. I hate this. And I realized like, why am I trying to replicate school in my home environment when that's the whole point of homeschooling? And I realized it's just because that's what I knew. Like, that's what I knew from private school. And I was always told like, you have to do this. You have to do your work. You have to get all A's. You have to go to college, right. get a degree. Yeah. And so to me, like the de-schooling process of kind of unpacking all of your old beliefs and thinking to yourself, why do I believe what I believe about education? Why do I feel like you have to sit at a desk? Why do I right. feel like it has to be loads of worksheets? Like, where does that kind of like figuring out where does that stem from? Is it my mom? Like for me, it was my family saying, you know, education is important. If you're not smart, you'll right. fail and you'll be poor and you'll. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, and learning new beliefs, which is what I would do through reading all these books about learning and education and child, you know, psychology is yeah. kind of re learning new things about education. And so to me, that's one of the best things you can do when you're just starting out. I know you want to like intake all the information, but I feel like that in itself is overwhelming. Yeah, it can be. 
So I just feel like de-schooling first and then kind of working on your family vision and like, what is your vision for your family, which that will help you pick, you know, maybe what method you align with or what curriculum you should choose. Because if your vision is to be outside every day and learning in nature, then, you know, maybe some certain methods may not be the right one for you. Right. Good point. Yeah. I think that's really smart. Okay. So do you have any books or anything that you would recommend that kind of, Oh, it's my dream. I love that book. So well-trained mind is one I love. Gosh. I mean, anything by John Holt. Mm. Um, yes. You know, Sir Ken Robinson, who just passed away, sadly, he's, He's also written a few books that I've read that are awesome. I mean, Julie Bogard has The Brave Learner. Yes, she's amazing. I, I think that book is great for a new, a newer homeschooler because she really, I just love her whole philosophy on education. Mm-hmm. And then The Call of the Wild and Free, I haven't finished it. I've been working yes, on it. I've for heard such months. things. I need to get that book. Yeah, I have it sitting right here, but I haven't finished it. But Ainsley Arment from The Wild and Free she's incredible that whole community is awesome and the book from what i've been reading is really good and there's a magazine too so there are some really great wild and free resources and i mean who doesn't want wild and free right so (laughs) exactly Uh, but i love that you brought up john holt because i feel like he's kind of like the godfather of homeschooling and he's kind of like he he does flip everything on its head really in a very digestible way he's he just has a way of kind of being like why are we doing things this way and exactly and i think because i tell you the first time i heard of unschooling i thought right honestly i was like these people are nuts you know i I was like this is negligence (laughs) (laughs) right and then sounds like like unparenting i mean what what are you right It's like, what do you mean you just like don't do anything? What does this mean? And so the more I learned, like read from John Holt and like, I really, I feel like he also is kind of like the godfather of uh, unschooling too. And just like thinking of other ways of learning. And so now my husband, I joke, we're like, man, we're more unschooling Hmm. than we ever thought we were. Like we do some scheduled stuff, but we're very much like, what do the kids want to learn about child-led learning? Mm -hmm. And honestly, like, I mean, my kids taught themselves to read. Hmm. And people will say like, well, how do I teach my kid to read? And exactly. my advice is like, wait till they're ready and you'll know when they're ready. Like when you week they'll read. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I just, I yeah. can't, I feel bad because people want me to tell them how to teach a kid to read. And I give them resources that I bought, but I never actually really use them very exactly. much. Read books. I think that that is something I say to folks is if you are literate, there's, it would be a miracle if your child <laughs> grew up illiterate. Like there's just not, yes. it's just not possible. Yes. So I think we put too much pressure exactly. on doing it at a certain age. And it's like, just let that unfold. And it, it'll be, they'll love it more because yes. it won't be this hammered in thing. So yeah, no, I think that's exactly. So- and if you have a child who's dyslexic, or I've talked to parents who are like, I'm dyslexic, mm-hmm. there's tutors. And like, there's so many, there are curriculum that are better suited for dyslexia and different yeah, reading sure. struggles. And so there's just so many resources out there now that it's 2020 and we have the internet and that, uh, that's just <laughs> yeah. the beauty. Yeah. You said something earlier, just going back to your advice about community, because I think, I think you're right. I think even when you're talking about all these resources, when you find a community, these people will also help you navigate all of that. Because the chances are, if your child does have dyslexia, if you're in community, somebody else's child also has it and it can tell you and help you on that path. And I've right. experienced this over and over again in my own homeschooling journey. The right person pops up in our community to help me find the answers I need for my child. But what you said was really, I think, important is that that first time that you went, you were so 
afraid to go. And it was like this completely uncharted territory. And I think that's just really amazing advice for parents to just step into that discomfort for the sake of finding solutions. And, mm -hmm. and you, it, you will, and it will become yeah. comfortable, but it's going to be maybe awkward for a second. That's okay. Right. And it may not be the right fit. You know, you might find a community and be like, mm -hmm. eh, these aren't my people. And then you, you look for that. another community, but yeah, I think plugging into some local, I mean, online community is great too for now during the pandemic, but definitely local community. Yeah. It's where it's important. Right. Okay. So lastly, Serena, what is one thing that you do to make your homeschool routine just be good? You know, sometimes we have bad days. What, what do you do to turn that around? Well, we are pretty flexible. We personally do our schooling in the afternoon since we work from home and like we have boys. And if we try to do it first thing in the morning, they have the wiggles, they have a lot of energy. Mm. So for one, we do a lot of our schoolwork later on, like later in the afternoon or right after lunch. And what works well for us when I remember to do it is playing music and having snacks. So if I put like a bowl of popcorn or something on the table, um, give them their favorite drink and play some like classical music, their focus is just oh, so much that. better for that. And I notice it because my older son will be like, can you put music on? Because he'll be just all over the place, right? I mean, some days it's that way where like they'll, they'd rather do anything else. They can focus on the television, but they can't <laughs> right. yeah. sit and focus on the lesson. So uh, for me, us, like music really works. And then just like taking breaks. Like if I feel like, okay, I'm getting frustrated. Everyone's getting frustrated. It's just like, okay, I'm not scared to put a lesson away and just start it mid lesson the next day. Like if it's not working out today, that's okay. Cause we can't beat ourselves up over that. We just have to be like, okay, wasn't today's plan, but tomorrow we're going to do it. So I think for me, I'm a looser scheduler. I like to actually put things down after we've done them because I found when I plan my week and chart my lessons. If on Wednesday we're like two lessons behind, um, it used to really overwhelm me. So now I kind of just keep track of where we're at and right. say, oh, today we did lesson five in math and lesson 12 on, you know, language arts and yeah. So yeah, like that. That's yeah. really, really good. Awesome. Okay. So Serena has some really amazing resources for you guys, especially this one where you, you can choose your, your curriculum. I think it can be so overwhelming. We've talked about several different kind of methods today. And if you're new to this, it could be like, what? And even if you're, you know, you've been around the block, this tool could be amazing because it could help you kind of learn a little bit about a new methodology, but uh, that might suit you even better. But Serena, will you tell us about the choosing your curriculum guide that you have? Yeah, sure. So we have our free uh, PDF choosing curriculum guide, and it kind of will walk you through a process and ask you a bunch of questions that you could fill out in the worksheet uh, to help you narrow down your search. Because when you do Google curriculum for homeschooling, <laughs> you think, like I've had people say to me, what's your favorite uh, of the five types? Which, what's your favorite? I'm like five. There's yeah. So many that <laughs> Kathy Duffy has a book saying the 102 top ones. Oh my goodness. So I like to kind of narrow it down. Like one of the first questions I ask people and is on this PDF is like, do you want Christian or, or secular? Because if you don't want Christian curriculum right there, you've just kind of cut. 90%, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you've just lightened your load. And so there's just, I have a lot of questions. I forget how many there are, but just really to help you narrow it down. So then you know what to Google. The choosing curriculum guide has a ton of questions that you can walk through and answer with, you know, you, and you can even ask your kids some of the questions. Mm -hmm. And then towards the end of it, you know, it kind of helps you pull it all together and create a plan to go 
out and find the right curriculum. I love that. That actually, I wish that I had had that when I was starting out because it can feel just like totally treacherous. Like, I don't know. Yeah. So many choices. That's really awesome. You guys can also connect with Serena on Instagram. I love seeing her posts. They always just give me this little boost in confidence. Every time oh. I see them, I'm like, oh, yes, that's so true. That's exactly that's what I good. want and, and how I feel. So really great reminders to show up in your feed and to connect with her on a regular basis. And she does offer some really great services to help a membership program where you can kind of get regular and continued support. So check all of those things out with her. Um, and Serena, do you have anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners? Oh, geez. I mean, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And really, you know, just have patience with yourself and your family and really look to enjoy it. You know, this is an adventure, a journey. And I think too often we think of education as like a chore or boxes that need to be checked. Mm. But what if we just thought about it as, you know, an ex a learning experience and you're cultivating this learning environment for your children Mm -hmm. uh, and what do you kind of want, like, what's, what do you wish you had when you were a kid? I often think that, like, what environment did I wish I grew up in? And what kind of things do I wish I'd learned? So, and also, if you're stuck, ask your kids what they want to learn, you will be shocked what they will say. Like I was struggling with science for this year. And I asked my son, and he's like, I want to learn chemistry, geology, and the human body. And I was like, sold. <laughs> so, nice. You know, he kind of directed that. And guess what? When I find the unit studies and we do those lessons, he's going to be more engaged exactly. than if I would have picked like, you know, earth science or whatever I was planning on doing. So, yeah. and it's like this confidence he's going to have about how do I think about life and how I want to learn and then find a way to learn it. I mean, that's yes. incredible. And that's another big thing I teach homeschoolers is like, the most important thing we could teach our children is where to find the resources, where to yeah. find answers. Because just like as an adult, like there's so much, I, my parents paid thousands for my education and there's so much, I don't know. There's so many gaps in my education, right. but if you know where to find the information, right. how to teach yourself a skill, mm -hmm. that to me is an invaluable. Cause I know I can't teach my kid everything and neither can school. Nobody yeah. can teach them yeah. everything there is to learn. But if I direct them to, this is how you find the information and what you want to know then the world is their oyster, you know? Yes, absolutely. I love that. Thank you, Serena, so much for joining us and everyone. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed it and you're feeling a bit more confident about your homeschooling experience. Everyone have a great one. All right, thanks. Bye.